This evening, we begin our Lenten journey on this Ash Wednesday. And what a more appropriate day that we celebrate and begin our Lenten journey than on Valentine's Day. Because tonight, we start a journey into the greatest love story ever told. But tonight, I want to focus on the meaning of Ash Wednesday and why we celebrate as we do and begin our season, and that is with a heart of repentance. For repentance means a turning around, a going in a new direction. The Greek word for repentance is metanoia, which means a change in one's way of life resulting from penitence or a spiritual conversion to change one's mind. Now there is an individual in the Bible who's very familiar with repentance, and in fact, had to repent several times when that individual is David. David, known as the man after God's own heart, committed many sins against God and his fellow people. On one of those instances, after committing adultery with Bathsheba and having the prophet Nathan confront him for his actions, David wrote those words that we read in Psalm 51. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. So there's three things out of that reading that I want to focus on this evening. The first being that we will be made whiter than snow. The second, creating a clean heart. And third, cast me not from your presence. So in the first part, David is asking God to make him clean, to wash away his sin and make him new. This idea of being cleansed and washed is an act of atonement or repentance. When David refers to the hyssop, it was a plant used in cleansing rituals in ancient times. The plant was used to dip into the water of purification, and then it was used to sprinkle on the people as an act of being clean. In some churches today, even during times of remembering of our baptism during those services, the pastor will take a branch or a palm frond and dip it in the baptismal font and sprinkle it on the congregation as a symbol of being cleansed and renewed from our baptism. This is a remembrance of being clean and being made new. It is this image of being washed of our sins and being made whiter than snow that the prophet Isaiah used when he wrote these words. Come now, let us argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. So what does it mean that 
Our sins are like scarlet or crimson. I think most of us, when we think of that color, we think of red, or sometimes we think of the color of blood. But back in the time of Isaiah, he was actually referring to a bright red dye that was obtained by the eggs of a small insect. They would take that dye and then take their clothes and their fabrics and they would double dye it in that dye to make it fast, to make it fixed into the fabric. So neither the rain nor washing of that garment would remove the color from it. It is like our sin. It is something that is ingrained in us that we cannot humanly remove. We cannot wash it out of ourselves. It is only God that can cleanse us and wash us and make us whiter than snow. And it is that cleansing that came from the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his willingness to take his sins upon himself and become like scarlet through the blood that he bore for us, that we are cleaned. That upon accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when God looks at us, he no longer sees our sin, but he sees us only clothed in garments of white. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And after being washed of his sins, David then asked God to create in him a clean heart. So what does it mean to have a clean heart? Or in some translations it says, a pure heart. David knows that he has sinned against God, and then only God can cleanse him, make him new, and create him again. Thus David goes back to God, the one who created him, the one that formed him from the beginning, and asked him to do it again. For David knows this is something that he cannot attain himself. He knew that God had the power to create, and thus create and make him clean and make him new. In some respects, David is asking God to give him a fresh start, to make all things new again, to give him a new beginning. Isn't there times in our own lives that we wish we could just start over? That we could be made fresh, start anew, begin again? I know I've had that thoughts many a times. Like David, I pray that very prayer that God would create in me a clean and a pure heart. There have been times in my life that I've wondered, how am I going to go on? And very similar to David, was feeling what he wrote in Psalm 51. But it is through the grace of God that he answered my prayer. It is through my faith in Jesus that that grace has been made possible. It is the same faith that we can have if we believe in Jesus Christ, for he did come to make all things new. For we read in the book of Revelation, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. 
Indeed, these words are trustworthy and true. There is something that we can believe in. It is something that David himself believed in and trusted God to accomplish in his life. Thus, if we have the heart of David and truly repent of our sins, God can work his creative power in us, forgive us our sins, and let us begin again and create in us a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Now, after asking God to create in him a clean heart, why then was David concerned about being removed from the presence of God? Did David think that God would abandon him and have nothing to do with him? David wanted to be restored. He asked God to even take, to not take his Holy Spirit from him. Our sin does separate us from God. It does create a chasm between God and humankind. Isn't that what sin did in the garden? Adam and Eve were in the presence of God every day, walking with God in the garden. But once sin entered the scene, what took place? God banished humankind from the garden, thus in a way removing Adam and Eve from God's presence. How many of us in our own lives fear separation from family, friends, children, Aren't there times that you don't want to leave for work or you don't want to go to school because you don't want to be separated from your loved ones? You want to remain in their presence. This is the same feeling that you get sometimes when a relationship ends or when a loved one is called home to be with the Lord and you can no longer be with that person. You miss being with them. You miss being in their presence. This is the same feeling that I think many of our gay youth still feel today how they are separated and cast out of their families because they come out as gay. What a lonely feeling. What a feeling of despair. David did not want to be removed from God's presence due to his sin. He didn't want to have this feeling of loneliness and despair. He wanted to be reconciled to God. He wanted to be restored in his relationship with God. But it is through Christ's sacrifice of being crucified on the cross that we, as followers of Christ, are reconciled to God. Jesus took our sins upon himself on the cross. Sin did indeed cause a chasm between God and humankind. I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with an image. It was a painting. I saw it when I was a child. It is of a great chasm. And on one side of the chasm is humankind, and on the other side is God, and sin is in the center. In the next picture of that image, then you then see the cross coming down into the chasm, crushing sin, and the cross arms of the cross become a bridge between humankind and God. For that's what Jesus' sacrifice on Calvary did. It created a bridge for us back to God. In Romans 8, we read, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ for the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Thus, with David, we can say, do not cast me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. So during this time of Lent, I want us to consider our sin, our repentance, and the need to change and be renewed. Let us remember that it is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that our sins are indeed made whiter than snow, that we can be made a new creation and have a clean and pure heart, and that we will never be separated from the presence of God. As you continue your Lenten journey, I want you to remember that image of that chasm and the cross creating that bridge. Because as Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross, he was reaching out his arms to welcome us back into the presence of God, where if we believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior and confess our sins, we will remain for all eternity. Amen.